TCP here with an episode that is sort of reminiscent for viewers that have stuck with us for a longer time. The fabled uh, episodes where the adults in the room, the hosts, leave us for me and Joe to just like toy around and really mess it up and show our inability to function in society um, and just... You speak for yourself. Yeah, okay. Let's see how it goes. How you rein me in from not doing any dumb shit. Um, we definitely got some support here, though. And apparently, like, as you said before the show, this is the first time you presumably, like, have talked about Overwatch at all. I think we did an interview uh, way back when. But other than that, have you even thought about doing uh, anything about Overwatch? Have you kept up? Like, what, what's your situation, Hasha? I, like, talk to people in the scene very infrequently now. But not for not because I don't want to, but just because I've been like busy and there also like getting used to Overwatch Two and stuff. But then I think like I might do like a podcast next year. We'll see how like interesting Overwatch Two is. I think I think mm-hmm. if I like enjoy it, then then I'll try it out. But if not, then I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> is there like an elevator explanation for those Houston fans? I might be wondering what you're doing right now. Yeah, so I'm working in software or I. I'm going to accept a position in software engineering within, I guess, the next few weeks. So, yeah. Nice, nice. Do you think there's anything applicable from Overwatch that you could take over from that domain? Dude, actually, I was I was thinking about this because, um, so so I'll, like to preface, I like I went from not knowing how to code six months ago to like getting pretty good offers. So I think the one applicable like skill was you have to like learn super fast if you're gonna like try something like that but then in esports you like constantly have to reevaluate how you think uh depending on like patches or on comps or like you know just just like everyday practice can just like throw you like a really different scenario so i feel like that might have trained my brain to think like differently or like think at a different pace so maybe maybe that was like a useful skill that i got out of it but otherwise Otherwise, there's not that much <laughs> transferable. <laughs> Look, I, I'm, a, I'm the host here, so I can, can't hold myself back from going on a little tangent here. But what you're describing is, is like something that I recently read in a book called Range. And it's basically about the idea that we think we live in a society of specialization. And the more you practice in the one domain, the better you get at it. And for some domains, that's true. For some you know, areas uh, of um, improvement. So for instance, for chess, studying chess theory is the best way to get better at chess. And those are kind domains. But there are wicked domains where like just doing the one thing won't help you improve much, right? Um, And that's true for some sports, especially Overwatch. I would say Overwatch is probably one of the more wicked uh, esports just because everything changes so completely, which switching like sometimes from MOBAs to FPS games uh, between seasons, uh, we're introducing hero pools. Like everything changes so frequently that we have to, that, that it stands to reason that you then apply knowledge from other domains in spec into your Overwatch knowledge. So you basically get the solutions on problems that are alike, right? And I think, like, in that, yes, f- totally, like, Overwatch knowledge could be very applicable um, to, uh, like whatever you're doing and like trying to get because let's be honest Overwatch is wicked as a domain but 
coding or IT, generally speaking, also very much is, right? Yeah. Uh, you're going to drive me on a tangent because this is also like one of the things you mentioned and especially like the amount of change that people have to deal with. And, you know, it doesn't really like mess with me in any way because as like, a, you know, a coach, you're, you're just changing like how you look at the game. But the mm -hmm. people actually playing the game, like it's so um, cruel, I guess, that people's like entire skill set can just be phased out, I feel like. So oh. I don't know. I won't go too much on the tangent. I'm sure it's been covered, especially like in earlier seasons it, when it was more prevalent. But yeah, definitely very rough, v very wicked. Right. Now, let's talk about that, right? Because I think <clears throat> um, and the teams we're going to talk about, you at least have some, you know, familiar aspects to them. But how do you think, like, from what you've heard, maybe uh, about Overwatch 2 or, like, how you imagine a game of 5v5 to go, how, how do, much do you think that will just naturally shake up the, the sort of hierarchy of teams and players, maybe? Who adapts better? Like, do you have any, like, startup, like, ideas that you will see those teams through? I think that probably... I think So, my... Without like having too much knowledge behind the scenes, I think that most likely, uh, I think like honestly, DPS and supports really won't change that much. Like I feel like the roles will be very similar. It's just like the the understanding of like the game flow will have to adapt. But I think you know top players will adapt. So I don't think that's big of that big of an issue. I think that it's just really like for the tank, like the biggest change is going to come into place because, dude, I don't know how so. I mean, obviously, we're going to talk about some teams that have very different mm. depth in that role. But, like, I don't know. Like, there's there's a lot of different ways you could think about this, right? Because you have teams that have, like, players like... So, for example, we're going to talk about Dallas. There's, like, Fearless and Hanbin on that team. But then every team that Fearless has been a part of, he's, like, molded the identity of that team, I feel like. So how are you going to come to grips with that when he's not the most flexible tank on the team? Or mm. then we're going to talk about Houston as well. Like, we have Piggy on the team. And... He's the only tank on the team, right? So I don't know. When when maybe something like Ryan is meta, I don't know how you're gonna come to grips with that. It's like a very new problem and I don't really know how people adapt until we like see it, I feel like. We just have to see like how I don't know, we just have to see which systems prevail, honestly. Yeah. Gonna be a sink or swim season for a lot of people. Yeah. I, I will I am kinda interested in your thoughts, not to completely drive into the Overwatch two tangent, but I think DPS in general, like when you look at like a one like if you subtract a tank from overwatch now i feel like that like already is like a huge shift is there any and i've kind of thought about this like vocally on the podcast before but is there like any thought in your mind that the emphasis on positioning and, and space control from the dps's perspective probably changes with overwatch too that i'm not sure um I mean, I'm sure, I'm, yeah, I'm sure it will change. But mm -hmm. uh, what I'll say is, like, I don't know to what degree, maybe. Sure. Because okay. I think that you'll be able to get away with more just naturally, like, not have, you know, for example, not having like a diva or something feeling. Mm. Um, or, yeah, I don't know. I think, I think it's, it's, it's like so hard to say without actually playing the game yourself or like without sure. actually seeing scrims yourself. Because I think if you just naturally think about it, yeah, DPS will 100% be able to get away with more. But then, <laughs> like the enemy's dps will also be able to get away with more so it right. like evens out in that way i think it's an interesting thought i'm excited to get into the season finally because it is such a huge change and you know 
it's it's innocuous in some ways because it's just one less player what really could change and oh there's really not that many changes and yeah. oh cool reworks but like these are significant and also yeah, definitely i'll say the following right and this is consider this my heads up to the um Scribbox stock exchange like a, a little <laughs> a little leak boy um the the concept of like thinking that all off tanks and tanks will just like evenly split based on the heroes that they previously played already doesn't make sense anymore for some teams like mm-hmm. and in cases where like oh yeah that guy's a specialist on that hero nah that off tank is now playing that hero for you <laughs> like that is that is a very interesting uh development and it's not true for all teams, right? Like for some sure. or for probably most, that split makes sense. I think just some teams realize they often play as just a skill beast or <laughs> like it's very good to just have um, like some consistency in the tank role, right? And mm-hmm. that also, and here's the segue, makes me a little bit more hopeful for Houston with the one tank situation, right? Because if we're being honest... Piggy is pretty skilled as a player, right? Yeah. At the same time, you could argue, field as a counter-argument that he was significantly less proficient. Uh, let's say he was outstanding on Sigma, but that wasn't then true for all his off-tank pings, right? So in, a, in an environment where he has to cover all the tanks... How does that translate in your mind? Do you think Piggy will be like a, a standout player, tank player this season? So, I th- I think he can be a standout tank this season. So my the thing I really like about Piggy is that he's like a very hard grinder. I would say mm. so. Like he will he will practice more than like you know any other if if he wants to he will practice more than any other player in the league basically. So I like I think he can absolutely pick up. Um, these like new characters and also honestly like he would offer a lot on on main tank last year uh when he was playing ranked so it's not going to be like super new to him Mm. my worry comes in so my worry wouldn't come in in terms of like let's say like dive characters like wrecking ball and like maybe winston winston is a hard character but it's like it's it's very much like game flow based in the old uh overwatch so Mm. i think like if you have a good read on the game maybe you can be good at that now, I think for like Ryan, Ryan has like always been such a such a different hero from the rest that I get worried putting an off tank on Ryan uh, no matter what. So mm-hmm. that's that's like my biggest concern. I don't know like you know how the game is going to look, but like if for example Ryan became meta, um, you would definitely need to like grind that hard. And I don't know if it's enough to make up for the gap you know between other main tanks that potentially have experience on that. But I think like Arissa, Ball, uh, Winston, I don't think that would be an issue. And I think one, th- one thing that Piggy was really good at was it, it didn't show in, in the matches, but his Zarya was generally like really good for most aspects of the game. So I would just say like the thing he wasn't outstanding at and did end up improving a lot at was D.Va. And I think like if you look at him from the beginning of the season to the end of the season, mm-hmm. he improved like really significantly, honestly. So... I would say like he does he does have the potential to improve. I think that for like most heroes, he can be really good at it. It's just like the Ryan is like the big question mark for me, honestly. And I don't know if that would be meta in a game like Overwatch 2 where right. you know, it, it, he doesn't have as much support. It would take 
I think some serious like old timey rush down Lucio Moira, you know, let's get on that point. Let's just push the objective, you know. Yeah, but even then, there's like so many mind games in it, right? So it's true. Like, it's like still there's still that experience gap that's going to be really important. Mm, yeah, no, I it it's it is difficult to your point, you know, to see Ryan maybe with at least with how we're viewing Overwatch 2 right now, and again, that comes with a lot of uh, a lot of maybe ignorance on our behalf. <laughs> but you know, it does seem a little hard to see, you know, Rectangle Man having a, a large place as it stands. Do do you think it's feasible? Because okay. So in your mind, who are like the some of the best over uh, Overwatch League main main tanks of all time? If you had to mention them, like give me some names. Uh, just overall, like mm -hmm. super Smurf. Uh, ah, do, okay. do you mean like a, let's, cross, let's stop right cross. there? That's already making my point. Oh yeah, the best oh, yeah, main tank players. Yeah, the the best two of the best main tank players of all time in Overwatch League were actually successful by splitting the hero pool of the main tank. Now we are asking people to not not split, but to actually take on the entire off tank role as well, right? Yeah. Is that too much to ask of a person? So, yes and no, because so I think this is where the problem with Overwatch Two comes in. Like, mm. it it is and it isn't in the sense that you know how I kind of mentioned, like I don't know what you're gonna do when you have a team like Dallas and you have like two insane tank players, but one of them like molds the identity of the team versus one of them is just like overall super skilled uh generally like very flexible and stuff like that mm. like i don't know how you're going to make these kinds of decisions and you know it could just turn out that for example for that team leaving fearless in all the time would be the best course of action because he because everybody plays around him you know or or maybe it turns out that he's good on certain maps and and hanbin is good in certain maps i've i have such a hard time like thinking about I, I feel like the best teams have been able to split playtime but i think that a lot of the, the teams like right under that have to make the most of what they have right and so they might end up having to just sort of lean on one style if that makes sense and just stick to one player covering the entire role so that he can get the most you know reps in the most practice it's such a it, dude it's such a weird thing to to like look at and like think about because it's because it, we've never seen anything like it before obviously Mm. Where, where do you land on that joe because from my point of view we are mm. looking at three different aspects we're looking at soul of a team someone that takes charge of yeah. the team we're looking at style of a player that molds yep. a team like fearless and being aggressive and whatnot mm. and we're looking at skill someone like hanben who's like super explosive now maybe also tying that into piggy do you think that that's something that he can deliver I think Overwatch 2 is going to be open enough to allow for a lot of different possibilities. I don't think the the lessons we've learned in Overwatch, the Overwatch 1 era, if we're going to kind of deem it that, um, are going to go by the wayside. I think there are a lot of things. Let's Let's say this. I think Houston is in a interesting position, much like you know, many teams that, you know, look shallow on paper, which maybe isn't necessarily fair to their player skill that allows them to both showcase their player's skill overall, like Harsha saying, Piggy's a lot more depth than, you know, maybe what was shown during the season. 
last season, pretty much. Um, they can force things, maybe outside of the meta. They could be able to play the meta. I think, in general, for Houston in particular, I don't, and I don't know if I'm necessarily answering or maybe understanding the question, but I don't know that necessarily Piggy feels like the soul. It doesn't feel like he dictated too much of the style, but it was very clear that he was skilled. So I think he can kind of piece into that that format and that system, whoever ends up being that. I mean, looking at this team, I, I don't even know who would be. I guess the tanks tend to be, but I don't think that's always the case. Um, yeah, I don't I don't think that Houston's at, at a loss necessarily as as much as, you know, we try to compare them against a team like a Dallas, which obviously has a kind of an anxiety of wealth. It's not an embarrassment so much, but you know, which do you play? Do you play, you know, kind of alluding to, do you play Hanbin who obviously is very skilled and very flexible, or do you take um, somebody like fearless and put a plug him in? I feel like Atlanta is the same kind of, you know, circumstance where it's like, okay, yes, we have Gator. He's kind of that vocal leader. It's, it's, evident in all of the conversations that you have with this coaching staff or even with some of the players uh, or do you put hawk on the role like it, it it's not an easy choice to make uh because both players kind of have you know uh arguments to be in that seat right so it's 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 difficult to argue i don't think houston's i think in a weird way they have a good thing going for them because piggy is genuinely pretty good let me ask this then hasha because it's a kind of an interesting situation where when you look up from the outside at Houston, you can have two, two very distinct angles on this. The first one yeah. is there is one Western guy and the others are all Korean. So that dude's on the bench because why would they ever communicate in English, right? The other side is, is that Dante has played in, uh, in a lot of hybrid rosters. And arguably, it, like, he is the veteran on this team for sure. And mm. he also seemed to be, like, the type of player that can provide the soul for a team. So, is, is Dante the soul of the Houston Outlaws? I would say probably. Um, with, like, yeah, I, no, you know what, I would say, I would say yes. Uh, out of game, I would say 100% yes. I would say in-game, um, in-game, I'm not sure uh but i don't think it's maybe that important i know that the way that junk likes to think about the game i think that they'll just play the best players for the meta and like mm. the best players at any given time and i don't think i think dante is um a western player if so if there was a western player that could play on a team full of koreans i think it would be dante so i don't mm. have honestly um worries about that as much as i know a lot of other people would i think that like for example, if it's like Tracer Echo or something like that, I think Dante will 100% play. Or, well, obviously Dante would play in that kind of scenario. But even like, you know, Tracer Hitscan, I think there's a good chance Dante could play in that kind of scenario. So I, I think that, I think that, um, I'm not worried that he'll like be perma benched or anything. I think that, uh, he's honestly going to be fine. And I think that he, he, I don't, I don't know who I would call this one on this team because mm. I, they're just going to be so different from prior years. Right. I would think that if you're going to look at players, though, and look for a soul, I think it would be like Dante or Pelican, one of those two, most likely. Yeah. 
it, it that to me feels like I would tend to agree there where it's like, you know, given given a specific meta, I feel like any of the DPS trio probably could kind of stick out as being that 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 flag bearer, that kind of like charge leader, maybe even not necessarily leading the the engagements, but, you know, having a good grasp being like the focal point, the, the, the carry, if you want to call it. Um, I could see Merritt doing the same thing, you know, did the did his duty in China. I saw him kind of. <laughs> Do some do some nutty things and obviously transitioning that to uh, to Korea. But I think you guys sell. I think you sell Houston last year a little sort like I remember starting the season. You guys had some interesting looks. So I don't I don't think it's necessarily just that Houston is going to play specifically the meta. Um, and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong. But I think there's a little bit more creativity. Um, than maybe junk buck lets on or maybe, you know, Houston in general lets on. I feel like. There is this, 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 this identification of like, okay, these compositions are good, but I, I remember like last year, I, especially like in, I think it was, well, I don't think it was the opener, but it was the game against Shock. I think it was in that first week that you guys put like Happy on Hanzo. I was like, yeah. oh, that's an interesting look. We haven't, we haven't seen that just yet. I don't know if that was necessarily like the thing to do in scrims, but that was like an interesting take. I'm like, okay, cool. Like this Houston coaching staff has like the the flexibility to go okay cool we have happy let's put him on this like let's find him these angles like he's gonna he's gonna make plays i actually um, remember I, why we did that if, if you want the, the actually bucket. yeah genuinely that'd be sick so so I, we were uh definitely at the beginning of the season we, we were really strong just because we had practiced way more than every other team basically mm. so uh but but i remember specifically on two maps blizzard world and anubis mm -hmm. um atlanta actually had had kai on hanzo and it, we were like shit like these maps where he can just like take off angles and not be punished at all like this is actually such an insane strategy so we like took it like a day before the match and then and happy thought it was really cool too so then we ended up just using it against shock dude we lost that map even though happy went yeah. off so, like, so he hard popped off so yeah. nasty i remember him like it was in like mega like right on anubis you take that yeah. like left on attack and he just would like keep in choi was just constantly just like i don't know what to do like my <laughs> yeah. attention's being pulled everywhere yeah. and it was it was it's it was like pretty brilliant. Against, like yeah. if, you, if you just have a Hanzo on top of you and you have like limited defense matrix and no way of like controlling him, it's so hard to play against. It's obnoxious, and and that's where I'm just like, okay, cool. Like even even if that's not necessarily junk or yours or the coaching staff's idea, the ability to kind of be quick on your feet and identify, okay, cool. Like that's good. Like we can we can see that that's clearly strong, and like maybe we can pilot that. Maybe we can take that into our repertoire. That's where I look at this Houston team, and I'm like, okay, cool. Like maybe. I mean, we kind of have to wave our hands in the air and say, we don't know what to do with Tank, but Piggy's skilled enough that he can kind of probably cover most of the role, you know, bar none, or at least at a, you know, league average level. And then you look at this DPS trio, you look at the supports. Granted, you know, there's no main support, but there again, is it that not that hard? <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's, I think there's a lot of like holes that people are pointing towards that can be remedied i think easier than people uh yeah. would imagine i agree with that and i think one thing that people also need to think about is is filling all those holes worth it and what True. i mean by that is um okay so yeah you would cover more things having let's i'm gonna name like two players that are very outstanding on certain roles so like let's say you have moth and you have ben best on this or you know fd god and ben best something like that sure. right on this team is it worth having having extra players who you're going to have to split extra scrim time with and then suddenly you know people are not necessarily as comfortable with go in um just for the possibility of like 
sometimes you'll play different things on different maps, right? But you won't play it necessarily. You won't have the same cohesion necessarily mm-hmm. because you're not you're not getting as much practice together. Like I think that there is there is a there's both a benefit and a cost to to filling all these holes, right? And the cost is that you're not going to build the same kind of synergy you would have just playing the same five to six players every single map, right? So I don't know. I think I think that it is a little bit overblown in some senses. Um, I also think, dude, I think, I, I don't think um, using a flex support on Lucia is as tragic as people think, honestly. Yeah. I, I think that people really overblow it. And, and like, I've had, like, Lucio players, like, look at flex supports and be like, huh, oh, that guy's actually pretty good. So I don't, I don't think that it's as um, tragic. And I think that flex supports are almost, you know, almost every time better than uh, main supports at Brig. Like, I don't, I think it's, it's like silly how, how much better flex supports are at Brig than, than hmm. main so I think, I think like it's really not as tragic as people think. I just think that Ryan is like the one thing that I yeah. will always have a concern about. Hmm. Okay. Are you concerned? Granted, we haven't necessarily seen it just yet. Um, but is like Doomfist moving the tank kind of a weird like? Oh, you're right about that. Is that a weird one? I mean, I think that's just going to be a weird one for most flex tanks uh, in general. But we might it, see DPS if if Doomfist is like perma meta on certain maps. Maybe a DPS plays it. That'd be kind of. I I think I think I'm right there with you. If it's yeah. if it's like rigid in the way that it's just like this is the Winston meta, we just play Winston every map, every sub map, every point. Like we don't change it, we don't deviate away from it. It's just Winston, and we just replace that Winston name with the Doomfist name. Then you can probably see somebody like maybe Sparkle or maybe you know Mirror come out and and lead yeah. those charges. I don't know, maybe Pelican. I don't know. Yeah, one of Pelican or Dante. Maybe Dante yeah. just to like calm more. I don't know. Sure. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's true. That's a good point. I don't know. Um. Dang, I'd be so funny just seeing like three <laughs> two supports playing. But yeah, I, I guess that does throw a little bit of a wrinkle on things. But I think like in the end, like people would just have to pick up new skills. Like there's no mm-hmm. way around it because they're just gonna. Well, hopefully they're gonna be releasing new heroes. I don't. I don't really know actually. Sure. So, <laughs> so it's just gonna be that same kind of thing. Um, mm. It's just that other people have a head start on that hero already. So that's all. Okay, so yeah, that's one thing we got to talk about with Houston that I think bears pointing out. Because I talked to a bunch of people this offseason, and they were like, oh, we, man, man, after that season, like we were really trying to get Pelican. Couldn't do it, man. Like, couldn't do it. Yeah. Do you have an idea why Houston, out of all places, got, got to uh, get Pelican on the roster? Which, honestly, is probably going to be a huge boost to them this year, right? Yeah. I mean, even when I was... So, like, I did help, I guess, for not very much, but, like you know, the first few weeks of off, off season, I kind of had a good feeling that Pelican was probably coming to Houston. Like, hmm. even then, I think, um, I don't think he wanted to be necessarily on in Atlanta anymore. And I don't know necessarily why, but I think that, I think that um, part of the reason he probably came to Houston is like, he thought that the roster was going to be good. Part of the reason might have been Piggy, honestly, because he and Piggy are very close friends. Um, I think it was just, I think, like, sorry, you asked, like, uh, why, I don't know. Like, why Houston? Why did he not go elsewhere? Like, why Houston? Yeah, I think it, I think, I think definitely maybe a big draw is, is Piggy. And I'm also guessing that probably Jump talked to him a lot and, like, probably got the buy in of Pelican. So I think, um, you know, pretty good reasons. I think every team that looked at him <laughs> probably threw him the bags. So I don't know if money was really a concern at that point. Mm. Um, 
And I think that there's certain teams that you're going to look at and be like, I don't have any faith in this team, even if they throw me the bag. So, um, yeah, I'm thinking there are a few teams that probably are in that situation. If I'm so if I'm let's say I'm speaking without any knowledge of the situation, Mm. I would say teams that if I were Pelican, I would consider are let's say shock, let's say um, gladiators, Houston. And this is shock before proper, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think you can't go wrong with any of those teams. But I, you know, Depe did go out and say that he wasn't able to make the roster moves he wanted to make, right? Um, so let's eliminate them, and then, then it's between Shock and and uh, Outlaws, and yeah, in that scenario, I guess. Yeah, I, I don't. I think at that point you just really need to get the buy-in of the people with. Or sorry, you have to. You'd have to buy into the people on the team to to mm-hmm. choose between those two because I think you can't go wrong with either. Even though people are going to say that's silly because, you know, it's obviously shock. But like, this is not like the same Houston as like before. Yeah. It's just entirely different people. So at that point, I think you just have to talk to the people on the team and see which one you vibe better with. Um, and honestly, if shock was also pursuing proper at the time, like maybe they wouldn't have gone as hard on Pelican too so yeah yeah that makes sense i don't think there are other teams basically that would have been options is is what i'm kind of trying to hint at yeah again like we've we've i think we've talked about this a lot on the show and i think it's starting to kind of bear a little bit of fruit where like franchises in general like your past history kind of is guiding your hand a little bit more than your checkbook right team players want to win period the end. End of story. End of discussion. If you're not winning, uh, there's not too much money you can throw at somebody to just say, hey, you want to come lose with us for a fat bag? It's like, yeah, maybe in like two years when I want to retire. Or if it's the only offer I have, then sure. But, you know, you look at a player like Pelly and you could a player who else was like a hot free agent, right? Like Mag last year. It's it's bizarre that, you know, Washington landed him, but whatever. <laughs> Um, you know, it, it, it doesn't, it, it goes without saying that as we continue with esports, not even just in Overwatch or just in esports in general, like orgs that like just constantly fuck up, um, and don't really try to remedy things or don't really try to like clean the system, uh, are not going to attract good talent. Period. And I think it speaks to your, you know, regime last year. It speaks to Junk's regime this year. You know, like these are good people who you want to be around, who you want to play for, who are good and have good systems. Hmm. Weird. Pelican shows up here. Don't know. Seems kind of sus. Or does it? Yeah. I don't know. I think the, I think the, tra- the trajectory definitely helps. Like, let's say a year before last year, I don't think Pelican would have joined Houston. I sure. think like, cleaning up the reputation is what what mm-hmm. uh, is probably like the deciding factor. Yep. I'm sure the, the salary is comparable to what he was offered, but again, yeah. without, I'm not, I, I speak with negative knowledge. I don't talk to anybody guys. Let's be honest. <laughs> you know, that said is Houston throwing the bag, you know, after Beasley, I don't know. Me thinks not, but there again, who knows? Right. I'm sure it was comparable. I can't imagine it was like the top offer. Right. Yeah. I think there's a lot of intangibles. Right. Exactly. I think there's a certain team that was always the top offer in. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder. (laughs) I wonder. Okay, there's one guy I want to talk about because 
I think the general feedback I've gotten so far is that we've, like, oh, the saturation of hitscan players in this league is now nutty, right? Like, even if you th think through the worst starter, you still think that's a pretty good player. Like, if you go through all the teams, right? Like, what what yeah. is it? Like, Shaxx or something? You Towards, like, the bottom end? Which is crazy to think, but tell me someone who's worse, clearly, as a starter, right? Um, and then... I think Merritt is not the first choice for Houston, but I'm not 100% sure. What do you think about marriage generally? Was that someone who you were looking at before? Like, was that something where you looked at scrims went like, oh yeah, I'm interested. Ah, okay, he's not 18 yet. I guess next year. Is that, did he ever turn ahead for you? So I'll say the the two people I didn't have input on uh, going into the team this year were, were Merritt and Lastro. I, I actually didn't, uh, you know, really discuss them. So what I will say about Merritt is that I, I didn't watch too much of him during 2021. Mm. I will say during 2020, though, I heard like insane rumors coming out from Korea, especially going up to grand finals. I heard people telling me that Merritt was like destroying teams, that, that he was better than like a lot of the OWL players. And I think he was actually of age for, for season four of OWL. I, oh, I, really? I might be wrong about Wow. This. Okay. If, if that's uh, the case, then yeah. Maybe I should check this. Uh, I don't want to speak out of my ass. So he's 19 right now. Wow. Jeez. June 20. Okay, he would have. I think he would have. It's season. Been, no, he was always of age. Yeah. yeah so yeah. so okay. So I think he actually could have signed with a, a team last year, and I actually am sort of unsure why he didn't. I think Happy is insane. So I you know I don't think right, we were sure. looking at him, but I think that um, actually I'm yeah I have no idea why he didn't sign with a team because after what I had heard. Um, I know that the community tends to be a little bit lower on him. I didn't watch too much of him on O2, so I, I can't really like speak to that. So I will say that, you know, one of those teams that did scrim him when he was popping off was um was a uh, shock when Junkbook was on it. And then I'll also say that they probably did have some of a trial somewhat of like a trial process for him. So hmm. I'm guessing they trust him. I don't know if he's gonna be the best hit scan in the league, but I've heard that he has a very high ceiling. So um Yep. Yeah, I, I won't give like you know a very strong opinion on that just because I haven't watched enough of him from 2021. Nice, so, Joel. Yeah, that's kind of yes. Hello. I will. I need yeah. a strong opinion, and also being mindful <laughs> of the time. Where's Houston right, going to land this year? Houston. You know, I I had the bike helmet in the whisk broken out on me last year, and I said that Houston wasn't. Or did I say that? I think it was last year. I, I didn't say. Or I said Houston wasn't going to be. Huh. Here comes the overcompensation. Oh, yeah, here comes the overcompensation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I didn't believe. I was not, you know, of the faith. I thought they were going to place outside of the top five. Uh, they didn't. They Well, they, they did, but I was proven wrong, so I didn't, you know. You, yeah. you, you get it, hopefully. If you don't, leave a comment. Um, uh, what will, exactly, uh, bait the engagement. Um, what will Houston do? Um, I, I think I'm, this team's growing on me in general. I think they, the more I look at teams, the more that I am siding with, you know, the lean and mean, um, especially for the first season of Overwatch two, I think NA, they will do well. I think there are metas that I can see them probably win a stage title. Um, so I'm going to say potential summer winners i don't remember what tournament that would be if i'm gonna be completely honest i know that we did some naming convention changes that's still a summer that showdown, be, so right? that works um probably yeah i guess with the late start date it's mid-season i could see houston jumping out in front doing some doing some big things maybe you know some finals appearances maybe 
midseason finals appearance. Um, again, given the given, you know, looking at merit, looking at what I know from him from 2019, granted, um, I know that he kind of slowed down in 2020, knowing what Pelican can do, knowing what Piggy can do, obviously knowing what Dante can do. God knows how long he's been playing this godforsaken game. Um, <laughs> too long. Far too long. I mean, Jesus. Um, and God bless him for it because, you know, <laughs> we need people. But um, yeah, I think Houston genuinely has a good team. I don't think the holes are as bad as people expect them to be. Um, and I think any of the blanket problems are going to be a blanket problems for everybody and not just Houston. So like Harsha said, the Ryan, the Doomfist, you know, these things that everybody are going to have to, you know, adapt to maybe Sojourn, maybe a new hero, maybe Orissa's meta. God knows what she's playing like these days, right? Like that's the stuff that everybody's going to have to solve. It's not a Houston problem initially or solely. Right. I still need, yeah, I still need yeah. a placement show real quick. Oh, that's give, true. Yeah. Give me a spot. Uh, a place. So um, a lot of words for someone that doesn't put a number there. Yeah, right. Um, ba, 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 a range, uh, right? We're still doing our power rankings, but. Yeah, yeah I'll say. Oh, that's tough. Um, I'll say top five NA and. <laughs> I, I'm fighting the cop out. Um, I'll say top eight international. Okay. Harsha? Right now. So I'll say the floor is top five NA. I think that they'll be, um, I think that's the worst they could be. I think that Gladiator, Shock, Dallas, and Houston and Rain would be the, those five. I don't think any, anyone's going to break that five, honestly. Um, I think that their ceiling is they could win tournaments. Um, it just depends on the meta, I think. So I'll give them, I'll say they'll have, they'll have one to two deep tournament runs, but I'll say their, their floor is top five NA. Right. I guess as to add my sauce to this, I the thing is how this is developing currently, also based on scrimbugs, really reminds me of last year. And yes. now I'm like, am I scared? Because if we're being honest, right? Like I don't know how Piggy will be able to cover all the uh, the hero pools. So maybe like Houston. He's will fucking be good. That's why. Once again, will be like good, great in in the metas where he can play. Then you mm. don't have a main support. I'm not sure how that translates into that situation. But we're, like apparently, we're currently playing a lot of uh, double flex support. So like, how much of the of the potential is being tested? Right. Mm. I think still that they are likely to land top three NA this time around. Top three. Interesting. I'm, I'm, you know, again, folks at home, YouTube, audio listeners, bookmark that and see what, you know, the power rankings show because I'm, you know, suspect to, ch to ch change what uh, those, those yes. top three yeah. teams are. Uh, like. well, if exactly. that rocks out, they oh. will change. If, yeah. if, if the Scrimbucks, this, this boy cannot make a, a unique decision. He has no genuine thoughts, no creativity sparks within him he is german after all um and he oh. needs his hand held at all times now dude if if i'm on the hype train for a team and i see there's a cliff coming and the bridge is not intact i'm jumping over to the next train what's me pivot dude? No loyalty. you're a fucking zero you're a train loyalties. hopper you little you <laughs> zero loyalties uh, I, no i, I think they're definitely gonna be strong i i think that i, agree. I honestly think that um they'll be like a sleeper pick because i think that like People are just valuing things that oh, yeah. I think won't be important, honestly. 
Mm hmm. Yeah. And no. we'll, we'll shift those. We'll, those those lenses will shift once once people get a hold of the game. I think I think people will come or I'll be wrong. That could also be true. Hey, possible. Uh, but I don't think so. <laughs> right. I guess that concludes our Houston talk. And with that, let's go to a team. I'm thinking, where do we go from here? I think it makes sense to go from one top three team NNA from Texas to the other top three NA team from Texas. True. There are, there are two ways you could go with that transition. You could say from a top three team to a bottom three team or a top three team to the other, you know, Texas. True, yes. So, so I, I, okay. I, I kind of saw two, two options there. Right. Now, of course, we're talking about the Dallas Fuel and they come off a pretty good year. Joe would say borderline woeful. Um, for <laughs> okay, okay. Tangent, put on the brakes. Ah, ah, ah. Somebody stop the show. Harsha, your opinion was the Washington Justice a mid team last year? A mid team in terms of, um, sorry, what's the metric? Like, like mid team in terms of, you know, how did I perceive them like in an A? Yes. Yeah, I would say so. Fuck. <laughs> oh, would you, what would you say? Like, I like, thought they were dog said, shit. I thought they were so bad. Well, I would say, I would say that, you know, like, so. Obviously, we fucking lost to them. So I, I have a, you know, I, I, I okay. The, well, let's I be honest. You played nine out of ten times. You beat them fair and square. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, trash yeah. talk doesn't matter. It goes right. out the window. It happens. Okay. Yeah, but what I'll say about them is like, if you like take their expectations into account, yeah, they were bad. Like, yes. so, so that that's my opinion. But if you if you look at their performance, I think they were middling. So it's like, uh, but bro, if you if you look at the the names on that team, you do have to have like. I don't know. If you look at the names on Houston last year versus the names on DC last year, we should not the have 3-0'd them, and we should not have basically almost beat them and gone yes. to Hawaii, um, just from perception alone. So yeah, I would say it was not a good year in terms of that. And now, right. arguably, the, arguably <laughs> the team that the, like overachieved expectations, given the fact that it had someone told you XC is not going to be available to this team and they won't have yeah. a hit scan and their, you know, like trophy wife DPS is sitting uh, trying to get a D visa will, and will <laughs> never play, right? The, uh, <laughs> the uh, <laughs> well, um, the this they are still going to be arguably the second best team. I think like we, we probably too readily give that to Dallas instead of Atlanta, honestly, or yeah. maybe Chengdu. Mm -hmm. um, it's still that this was a great team last year. It was a great team that defined its own style because it had to. And in that was very impressive. I think there were a lot of narratives coming in to like, oh, you know, like actually like for Paris, the year where they also won a tournament, dude, mm. like Rush is only half the the story it's 9k that also while that might all be true like the qualities now of that coaching stuff to me have been demonstrated right like they yes. took a pretty unwinnable situation or hard to win situation and made like lemon lemonade right so yeah coming into this year now they have a lot more ability presumably like yes they had some COVID scares here and there it might delay their start it's not going to be considerable uh, of a disadvantage right they were now able to like assemble the squad as far as i'm aware like every visa is in check and whatnot 
and they decided on like adding pretty interesting players to the team, keeping pretty interesting players. I think okay, let's start with the outlier that still to this day doesn't make sense to me why they picked him up. And that is Edison. Like is there yeah. some hidden quality about Edison that you have inside too harsher where you say okay, that makes sense that they brought him on? <laughs> no. Um well, I mean there there is the like so he and Fielder are very close because they played in G Busan together. So right. you know that much I'm I'm sure like he had some input there and did anyone on their coaching staff come? No, I don't think anybody came from GC Busan. So they might be familiar with him from like Element Mystic versus GC Busan, but I don't mm. otherwise like they they otherwise like from Overwatch League, I don't think Edison impressed me as much as he should have. So mm. I was kind of surprised by that. And the other thing that surprised me was that like Sparkle went from like terrible at Tracer to like being a pretty good Tracer player, honestly. True. So he like really surprised me last year. I I really didn't feel like they needed Edison. I don't think I don't think Dost, uh, uh, Dallas is I call them Dustin. <laughs> I don't think Dallas is uh, a scared to like find a, a like a soul of their team and like a style and just stick to it like they did last year. So it doesn't really concern me as much as like as like maybe another team signing extra players would. Um, it might it might literally just be for depth, and in which case, you know, it's it's fine. Um, maybe he brings the environment up or whatever. But in terms of like of like reasons in game, I didn't really think they needed him, and I was kind of surprised that they got him. Honestly, I didn't see it coming at all. Is there and again, like look into it? I got a YouTube video to show you. You know, Earth's flat, water isn't carbonated. I get it, boys. You know, like this is tinfoil hat territory. But is this like the Edison Gurio signing, which I'm sure this is going to jump to? Um, it, was that signing, or could it have been like a situation where you're like, okay, we need somebody to kind of like fill a role. We're not sure we can get him, so let's sign Gurio. Oh shit, we got Edison. Let's sign him too. We have depth. Cool beans. Like, is it like a logistics thing where they just kind of sign two or they're like, oh, fuck, like maybe we need a little bit more dedicated hit scan. So we go Gurio. Like, I don't think they cover the same hero pools. That's not what I'm trying to say. But it's more of less of like. I feel like there's so much overlap in this team. So like, that's kind of true. I don't I don't really know. This is I. So like, for example, if they had mm -hmm. Sparkle, Doha and Gurio they cover all the same things that the four of them cover, right? So that's mm -hmm. why that's why it's a little bit weird. Um, you know, maybe they're just maybe they did want to just have a lot of depth for Overwatch too. Like that's possible. Um, and like I said, like they're not scared to just bench people and stick with what works. Sure. So, you know, that much is like that much makes it less of a concern for me. I just but it's it, it is still weird that they like went for it. And yeah, maybe you just get a better insight. I don't know. I, I actually don't, and I feel like in my mind, if I have resources in order to hire like an additional player, I don't pick Edison. I actually probably pick another support player in this situation because yeah, maybe. Oh, okay. like that backline. I'm not sure, and honestly, like I'll just like tell tell you straight you, up. This, I, this I'm sounds too, heretical already. No, I I don't know about Chio uh, as a player, and if he potentially can cover the full range that he has to cover. Because, right. like, if we're playing double flex support uh, matters, or if we are playing main support matters, like, or is Fielder just going to pick up Lucio? Like, maybe that's just feasible now, but, like, I mean, if you're designing a team to be meta-resistant, 
you're probably not going four DPS. You're probably going three supports, right? So, like, what what Brother what man. do you think about this backline, Joe? You ready? We're gonna do what everybody's always done. That everybody always seems to forget that was always done in the past. There's a double flex support. We take our little our little rookie boy. We take Gurio. Say here's Zenyatta. <laughs> take him. We go here's Baptiste. Right. They got the guns. They they play like all those heroes. They play like Exe. Who else? Bazzy. What's some other? What's some other? You oh, know, legendary. Right. You know, flex support slash hit scan DPS players. I think there's reason to believe that Overwatch Two and Overwatch in general is going to become more role fluid. I think Gurio again, like it's tinfoil hat. Yes, you know, it's a thought, right? Hypothetically speaking, if there was a double flex support meta and Chio just like forgets how to play the support role and doesn't know how to, you know, throw his amp matrix the right way, whatever the hell that ability is called, the stupid frisbee move. Um, I think Gurio can probably Bro, just I, fill in. I full on blame Shock for like shitting into people's heads and trenching that idea with like Rascal from what? Rascal oh. playing Bab. <laughs> To super playing Genji, to Violet playing like uh, McCree, like, and how often has that worked well? Okay, I give you Bab, I give you Rascal Bab, like, I don't know, man, I I don't feel so good right around here. Like, unless Edison is like the hyper Uber flex player, then then it sure. makes sense to me. But my uh, dude barely was able to do that for Atlanta, <laughs> like on his I, own role. Mm. I don't I don't expect it to happen either, to be honest. Because so one thing I did hear from Rappel, I think, is that mm. um that XC did fill the Zen role because uh I think I when was this when I think this is when Rappel joined Titans. So I think he left on like short notice. Mm. And that's why they ended up uh okay, okay. If my timelines are correct, I think that's why they ended up using XC for Zen. So I don't mm. think it was actually just because I I think it was like actually just like an emergency thing rather than um we think he'll fit in super well. <laughs> I, and they do have plenty of time right now. So I, yeah, I yeah, of course. It's probably just going to be Chio and Fielder. One thing I think I remember them saying is that they, they thought that Chio was like pretty flexible in terms of what he can play, and that's why they signed him. Okay. I'm not sure if I'm making that up or if that was from an interview like a long time ago, like mm. right when he was signed. Right. Because I feel like I did read that somewhere. But yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I, in general... I have checked myself on Dallas because I doubt them. I, I there have been times where I've doubted them too much, and then they just like mm -hmm. seem to always prove me wrong. Last year, mm -hmm. um, so I think that they're. I think especially with Rush and especially with like the players on this team, like they do have some insane players. I think that they will find ways to make things work. One thing that we skirted around, but that I feel like is important to note is that there, in my opinion, their two best players are Fearless and Hanbin. Um, right. and they can only play one at a time. So I, that's sort of like an indirect nerf that Overwatch hit them with, true. and I don't know what, how that's going to affect them, though. Very true. I think, in general, um, I, think, I think for most people that would probably be a hot take, but when you like actually think about it, I don't think too many people will be like upset by that. Um, I think he was like a legit MVP candidate last year, honestly. And if he had like a, a good stage four, I think he'd yeah. have it over leave. And then, dude, Hanbin is like insanely no. skilled, right? So, yeah, Sparkle's good too. But, 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 but yes. they have three good players and two of them can't play at the same time. Yep. Straight up, I'm not surprised if Hanbin just hard benches fearless this season. Depending mm -hmm. on what, yeah. like if, if it isn't monkey meta, I'm 
I'm to- it's totally possible to me that Hanbin is just better at every other he- uh, hero they c- could throw him. It I, is certainly possible. I agree. I think, I think one thing you've noticed with every single Fearless team is that they play super hard around his, his Winston yep. and like, like push all their... Dude, I don't know why in... See, okay, I hate narratives a lot. So I don't know why in Season 3 fucking um, Fleta got MVP in Season 3 compared to Season 4 when when the soul of that Shanghai team was was fearless. Like every mm-hmm. every time they did they tried benching him, they lost. Like every yep. single time yeah. without fail. They literally had to had to reverse sweep soul in that first uh mm-hmm. that, off yeah off the in the May melee off the back of Fearless's Winston. Yep. Uh they like benched him for for overall playoffs and then got dumpstered. Well not dumpstered. They did they just didn't do that well, right? And then mm-hmm. I like like yeah Fleta is good. But then like Fleta improved the next year, and then uh, people don't look at him as an MVP candidate, in my opinion, which is like, I don't know. I felt like that was such a weird scenario. But then Dallas did the same thing that, that Shanghai did, and they won mm-hmm. so much off of that, right? So I feel like if you use Fearless, you have to play entirely around him, versus if you use Hanbin, you just have a player that can play probably anything at a really high level. So one concern I have is if you bench Fearless, is this team a lot worse suddenly? Yeah. because because if you if you have a team and you and you just push all your resources into fearless and you let him like be the soul of that team, you'll always have a top three team uh, in Overwatch one, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw that two years in a row. It, like fucking discount. I saw people saying like fearless had the biggest turnaround ever in terms of skill. Like no, he he just discount season one Shanghai. It doesn't count. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> fucking <laughs> terrible situation. <laughs> so like. Like I, we've seen a proven track record with Fearless. I don't know if I have the same trust in this team not having that style and um and like benching him. That's yeah. my concern with Dallas. Right. It's now, a big it's a big paradigm shift for sure. Agreed. You know, like Fearless might be might be coming in as one of the losers also in playtime this season, of course. Yeah. But honestly, I'm kind of scared for Doha. Am I the only one? Like in my mind, if I'm if I'm thinking, okay, we we have we have a flex or a projectile DPS meta. Sparkle's playing mm-hmm. every single one ahead of Doha, right? Yeah. Like Sparkle's yeah, also, also playing like if Tracer's meta, then maybe if you need Tracer, like some some flex DPS. Okay, I can then see how Doha Edison's plays. For yeah. everything else, like Gurio or Edison are more likely like to play in basically every other meta. So it feels pretty niche in what situations. Basically, like, okay, if we're playing Tracer, I'm, I'm not even 100% sure if Sparkle then takes it, yeah, uh, given it the... Might be right? Sure. Like, is is there potential where we're just not seeing Doha at all this season? I mean, I think there's potential to. I think it kind of, for me... At the very least, I think it starts with how teams view Overwatch 2. I think as much as I believe it to be very open and very like, you know, fresh, fresh playground, everybody can go in, do what they want and build your own style, you know, straight up build a bear. And, you know, we're going to have a really cool, like colorful meta. And I think that probably will be the case just because of the, you know, two regions. But it. I think in that kind of freedom, a lot of teams, I'm going to say this and this is going to be taken out of context, get kind of scared 
and just like try to focus in on one thing and things become really rigid in practice circles, especially, you know, I think NNA particularly. Um, and if that's the case and there isn't like this really flexible and kind of fluid like mid map, like, oh, they made this call. We need to have that flexibility to answer it or X, Y, Z. Um, or maybe Overwatch 2 is so much of a change that that can't be the case, especially initially. Um, yeah, I think that significantly impacts Doha's playtime. Um, it could just be, I, I mean, if I'm going to be honest, I think Sparkle's probably just like a must play. I think if, if anybody's going to be a soul of this team, it's probably going to have to be Sparkle, especially when you look at like Fearless's kind of shallow ish hero pool. I don't think he'll, I don't, I'm, I'm interested. It would be an interesting bet to make to see if Dallas never plays him or if the meta just kind of like flips in a way that like he just doesn't see play because I think there are some. There are some metas that like they aren't going to be able to like, field well and Rush is going to go, look, we're not necessarily doing good at this, but you know what we're, we are really good at X, Y or Z. And we can just like tunnel that and we can put fearless in. We can play, you know, full court press, aggressive overwatch like we always do and, you know, try to take it to him. I think it'll be a little bit more poignant when he's played. Like, I think it's going to be like very stylistic, like, you know, what's coming. It's going to be kind of telegraphed. But yeah, for Doha. I, Kind of depends on how things starts. If it's a flexible meta, I think he sees a lot of playtime. If it's not, it's uh, it's looking looking pretty grim. I guess that could be another reason that they signed Edison. I don't think that Doha was as skilled as maybe people view him as. Maybe I think he I just fit in well it. with like with like those element mystic like players. Mm -hmm. He has experience with them. They might just be trying to expand and not be reliant on you know certain players like. Okay. Um, like being completely honest, like the players that they cut, Jexay, Repel, Pine, like all. I mean, Pine, we didn't see anything, but like yeah. the the other two, like were clearly on like a, a downward trajectory, in my mm -hmm. opinion. And like, it makes sense that they were accounting for that. Maybe that's what signing Gurio. Well, Gurio, they had to fill in a hole, right? But maybe that's what signing yeah. Edison is. It's like having insurance that you can have Edison sparkle in for. For a lot of these metas, mm -hmm. the only I guess actually I was gonna make a point about Sombra, but we don't even know what Sombra does now because true changer. So yeah, I don't even I don't know if Doha's gonna play that much. Honestly, I think that there is a reasonable chance that he's like benched a lot of the time, and it, it, the players like do change. And I I did forget like when I was talking about um, Edison, uh, kind of like how I sort of fit him into the team, mm -hmm. but. Now it kind of makes more sense, like looking at it, maybe they just wanted to replace some or uh, fill some holes and like be future proof, I guess, in case Doha doesn't pan out. Or, okay, M be mindful of the um, of the time. I think like is okay, let's let's try if someone wants to be my guest, but is there a world where this team is not top three in a? Yeah, I think, I so. think so. Really? Yeah. Okay. Just because. So, uh, I'll say I'll say they have the same ceiling, right? I'll say that they they could still win tournaments. Like, hmm. like they are um, they are the the same people from last year for the most part, right? Mm -hmm. And Rush has like demonstrated that he can make um, I don't know, like he can make the the most out of like what he has. Mm -hmm. So I'll say they have the same ceiling, but. There are like a lot of talented teams like Houston, Dallas, um, 
Gladiators, Shock, uh, and I had named, oh, Atlanta. Like, all mm-hmm. of these teams have potential to be top three, in my opinion, right? Yeah. I think if I have teams that I think are likely not to do it, it's going to be the team that, that both of their best players can't play at the same time, right? So that's, mm-hmm. why, that's why I have some concerns about Dallas. Um, I, I'm not going to, like, say that 100% they won't be top five, because I think they have a really high ceiling. Mm-hmm. But I think that they can definitely have metas that are shaky for them. Um, or where they don't have like a, they don't have a soul potentially, and like uh, like Volmo said, like I think Sparkle is going to have to be that soul if, if Fearless is not playing all the time, right? So yep. I don't know. I think that I think that there are some question marks around them, um, but they do have a really high ceiling, anyways. I I agree on a lot of those points. Um, I didn't really take into consideration that yeah there's only one tank and fearless and hanbin both are incredible players um you look at hanbin statistically he's nuts um and i think a lot of people impartially me included maybe have overweighed how important uh you know being being flexible or being like these these really deep teams um i think there's pros and cons to that and i think maybe we'll see more of that be influenced or inflated because of the, you know, the 5v5 change up. I call me Rosie, call me, you know, a man of the past, but I I look at what Russia has been able to find in terms of just like, you know, strategical depth or things like that. And, and maybe that's just, and maybe that was just a, a a master stroke of, you know, oh shit, we don't have XE, let's find something. And it maybe it was complete luck. I don't think it's luck entirely because no, he's you done it three years in a row. I think exactly. Yeah. Right? Like it, it it doesn't it doesn't lightning doesn't strike twice, all the fucking woohoo flowery bullshit, right? Facts are he's nuts. This team's really, really talented. I think they'll find a way if they can't necessarily play up to the meta. I think there's I think it would be criminal to see them outside of like top three NA at the very least. And yeah, competing for stage titles, midseason titles, even championships. Again, like I think Sparkle is good enough. I think I, I, I side with you in terms of like, is the Hanbin fearless switch going to be big? Is that style going to change? And if so, can everybody kind of keep up or slow down? Right. It's, it's, they have to be on the same page and we haven't seen that ever. So it's going to be a little weird. I'll add one more thing. So, the the i think that they were able to cover up not having xc last year because that team had such a such a strong identity right where where they could like rely on you know fearless and sparkle to be like um sort of like those sources of of i don't know like aggression like passion of of that for that team right Mm -hmm. i think that potentially Let's say it's smarter not to play fearless a lot of the time. I think that maybe these players don't work as well as they do together. Um, so, and it's going to sound silly saying that because, like, um, we do have like that data point of, of Paris before, but that was a very different team. So, yeah, I think, I think, and that was a very different team. And they had a, you know, they had XE and stuff like that. So it, it's, it's just very different factors, I think. But mm. yeah. I, I can see why you would not have them lower than top three. I'll I think that there's definitely the chance that they'll prove me wrong and be like still, you know, best team in NA. Mm. I just do have like that tiny doubt in my head. Um so that's why I have like a wider range. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think for in my mind, 
there is range. I think Dallas is also known to get a little bit of snow into the season, theoretically, in terms of like how it goes in the preseason. Um, we'll see, but generally speaking, I think that's this might also just be their year. I think already last year, there's an argument to be made that if, if Winston stays meta, they may, might even have a better season than they did. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. So we'll, we'll see how this develops. Winning Overwatch League, unfortunately, always is, is an element of luck involved yeah. like in, in terms of what remains meta. So we'll see about that. And we've had our fun. <laughs> and this now it's the Toronto Defiant, which, if you're a Toronto Defiant fan, I mean, you might be entertained in a midi way. Let's say that. I'd like to think you're entertained by the worst franchise in Overwatch League history. Now, let me substantiate that because that's not true by win rate alone. But yeah, they're a mid team. Just come on. They are a team that has not participated in playoffs. And, I mean, unfortunately, Houston hasn't either. either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and their team that really also very rarely had, like, stages where, like, ah, ah, something's going on there. Peaks. Right? Yeah. They are basically, like, every season, it seems like the Toronto Defiant are doing the equivalent of buying the Balenciaga tube sock shoes. They were, like, nice, like, three years ago, but now are kind of mid, you know? But you're yeah. overpaying for them, like a motherfucker, right? Yeah. Now, I feel like that is, has been true for, like, you know, the, the, the rejects of Philly last year, right? Where they brought on <laughs> Hisu and, like, Sado, and you're like, ah, that's a team that actually really was really good for at least a regular season, right? So how bad can mm -hmm. Toronto be? Turns out, Dude, no, very mid. No, 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 no. I have to. I have to. Okay. It, okay. okay. I know you. I know you're. I know you're just uh, like describing uh, like how people would perceive them. Dude, there's some teams that you see that you're never scared of ever. Like, <laughs> um. Oh, in hindsight, I've never lost a match to Toronto. Actually, now that I think about it. Ooh. Um. Oh yeah, I, di I didn't even know that actually. So okay, but but <laughs> but like, there's some teams that you go into the server and you like. You just know that there's like there's nothing overwhelming about them, dude. Even though Toronto upgraded players last year, like they were, they did not feel like a special team in in mm -hmm. like in any sense. Like I didn't get the I didn't get the feeling that like where did they stand out? You know, uh, they had the Never. Philly rejects. So so those already that's like the rejects from another mid table team at mm -hmm. last year, right? They had. Um, Nice, who was like not that impressive and actually has a pretty bad reputation in Korea. They had Lastro, good player, who they got like last minute. Um, dude, I, I don't know where like where you were like supposed to find any. Not a single person on the <laughs> team has ever impressed me, except for Aspire when he uh, played sure. well in like that one month, right? So, no, <laughs> I, I didn't really like know what to think about them. Now they pull up with like. This new roster that we have, like, displayed. Dude, like, I don't know how they fit together and, like, why they put this team together. Like, I don't know what the vision is here, honestly. And, like, they have talented players. Like, I think Hotbat Hot had an up year last year. I think he played pretty well. Twilight is, like, always going to be a good player until he's, like, Basically. done with his game, I think. But, like, 
I don't know like why these players are on a team together, if that makes sense. And mm. to to like add on to this, because I, I won't like spread too much behind the scenes stuff, but like Toronto is not a team that's afraid to sp- spend money. Like they will spend money if they want to. So like this is what you put together after like after having that reputation of being able to spend. Like I'm sorry, like there should be if you if you know the free agents that this team was chasing, mm. you, you'll see like why why I find like what they put together yes. in the end like pretty funny. Yeah, I think if in order to give a little bit more meat to the bone for uh, and not to go give specifics because that that's always a little dirty, I think. But mm-hmm. like they brought on Twilight, this is like your beacon now, right? Like yeah. you're yeah, that, yeah, yeah. this is basically like the guy you bring in. I think they thought Hisu was that guy as well. In my mind, that's like saying I'm building around BQB, my franchise. (laughs) (laughs) And then, like, it it all went pretty well. And then it all, like, went off the rails. They didn't get a couple of guys they wanted to, even though they were were pretty sure that that they weren't good. And then, okay, they finished off strong and they were like, oh, oh, shit, oh, 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 okay. Chirong, here's the bag, bro. Right? And. They therefore save the backline. I think that's legitimately mm. one of the best backlines we have in the Overwatch League now, based based on just sheer talent. Mm-hmm. But like, uh, yes, I'm feeling like, dude, Muse is what Sado was last year to me. Yeah, where okay, there's yeah, like yeah. people definitely have communicated that there were holes in the hero pool. Like, how much can he really? Like back up, there actually were some limitations to what the team could play because of uh, Muse. Like that's forced a play style. Okay, now we're sort of in a different tank situation with Hotbar and whatnot. Not also like only one tank. Maybe it isn't as pronounced. Then I'm looking at like their DPS, bro. F- although in finale are not the type and caliber of players you want to have when your backline is strong in Twilight. I'm sorry. Yeah, 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 that's exactly it. That's my issue with them. Like. When you when Twilight was their first signing, I was like, "Oh, like these guys really are mm-hmm. like going after it," and then they didn't get a like. I don't know, like, uh, like a main support player is not the the you don't want your main support player to be the second best player on the team, right? Yeah. Like that doesn't make sense. Yes. I don't know, like, I have such such like low expectations for them this year, and like, yeah, Hoppa had an up year uh, last year, but uh, I don't. <laughs> I don't know. There's such good tanks in the league. Like Muse, honestly, I I felt like was very limited in terms of what he could do. I I didn't mm-hmm. really think as highly of him as like a lot of the people in the community. And I know like DP later came out and spoke about like how they couldn't play Ryan Combs, for example, because yeah. they didn't think he was very. It wasn't because of Moth. It was like they didn't think he was very good at Ryan. Like, uh, like they have rookie DPS with like Hisu as your veteran. Like Hisu came in in season three. That's your veteran on the for yep. DPS. Then, then they have like tanks that aren't demonstrably solid across the board. And then they have like two good supports. So like in the end, you're just looking at a support line that's that's stable and nothing else is how I feel about them. Yeah, and it and it's so disappointing because we've I think everybody say what you want about Toronto, like them or not, whatever, don't care. Nobody wants dog shit teams in the league, period. Yeah, right? Yeah. No, it does nothing for nobody. It doesn't do any good for the league. Doesn't do any good for, you know, staying up for 12 hours straight trying to watch all these 
godforsaken games. I don't want to watch more bye weeks. Neither do you. Let's be honest. This is a team with a S caliber support line in a game that's already been announced to be maybe not necessarily too, you know, nice to supports with a, a flex tank turned main tank player who threw some good bombs in season one. Muse <laughs> who played Winston. He's who can snipe and two rookies. Sick. Awesome. In a game that's more DPS centric than we've ever seen. I'd rather watch Gundam Evolution tournaments than see a tournament fight. <laughs> I don't know, guys. This uh, doesn't jump off the page. Either Twilight moves a DPS and plays two roles at once, and, you know, Mecha Pilots, you know, that stupid gif where the, the anime character's fucking hands split out to, like, 17 different, you know, phalanges, and they're playing, like, 12 different things at the same time. <sighs> Toronto, bro. I don't get them. The thing is, yeah. I think that's, that's doing although a little dirty. I think he's certainly like better than the you know the conception that you have based on him being like a London member from yeah. season three. Yes, one hundred percent. Like this isn't London, although. But but oh, doing the hand thing. The Italian's <laughs> coming out. I'm doing the Italian thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You let's let's start putting him up to, to like some other NA DPS lines. Do you want? Although, or something that Atlanta can offer you, or something that Shot can offer you, or something that maybe even Glads can offer you. Yeah, that's the thing. There's so many good players in the league now that like yeah. being good is not enough. Like, like I'm okay. Uh, we'll we'll talk about like the top five teams that I had pegged. Right? right. We have um, Pelican, Dante, Merritt. We have Kilo, Proper, and then you know potentially Sam. I don't know how he'll fit in necessarily. Mm -hmm. We have um, freaking like. Like Sparkle, Edison, Doha, Guerrero. Okay, that one I have some questions about, but mm -hmm. like Sparkle's gonna be good, right? No matter what. Sure. Okay, we have, even if we're not, we have like Kainero, uh, Kainero Speedily, that's, and Venom. That's nuts. It's super good. Like, even, even if we look at other teams, like Justice, we have Happy, Assassin, Decay, all, okay, we have Happy, Decay. <laughs> we have all good players there, right? So, uh, dude, even, even fucking Boston is striker. Like, I don't know. I, and, and New York has Yaki Flora. Like, I have such a hard time um, saying that good players are like good because suddenly they're average. You know what I mean? Or like mm -hmm. low average because there's so many good players in the league. Here, I'll even go a step further, Harsha. Let's take a gander. Let's go to France for a moment. Let's take take a trip to the Louvre. I kind of like Glister and Naga. Yeah, I kind of like them a little bit more than Aldo. Yeah. Especially if rumors about, you know, Glister having a step up are true. Like, mm -hmm. Glister got pretty good. It's pretty nuts. Toronto, I don't know. I don't know. Bro, just go down the list. Like, it's Shockwave Aspire. Yeah, those are good players. Like, those are, yeah, those are good. <laughs> like, that's, that's, argue, no, I will commit. That's better as a DPS line than what Toronto has. I think they yes. are overrating the shit out of Hisu. Like, it is yeah, no sure. longer, like, contenders- like season <laughs> bumfuck where this kid carried a, f a final, right? That's that's yes. not the same Isu. This is the big leagues, bro. And this guy, yeah. like, I I don't know if if they think like it was just wasn't as meta and whatnot. It, that's that's my entire issue with Toronto. It's like, yes, like if you had more signings of the energy of Chirong and Twilight, I wouldn't hate you. Mm -hmm. Like you, you're trying at this point. But you're buying like the expired Kobe beef from like some market, right? Like, w yeah. why is it? Why do you think 
you're going to have like game like league winning success and you might not think that but like with yeah, with yeah, last year's like second best dudes or yeah. like top 5 dudes what is yeah. what is the reason when everyone is upgrading at best right like if you think about it you're signing top 5 talent from other teams everyone is yeah. upgrading the best you can do is top 5 yeah so right? that's that's the that's the other thing dude like Let's think about, um, for example, my team from last year. Like, mm -hmm. I think we could reasonably call Houston gatekeepers of season yeah. four, right? That's fair. Where we beat every team under us and, for the most part, lost to most of the teams over us, except for, you know, once to Dallas and, like, twice to Shock. Um, I think that you can reasonably call that, like, the gatekeeper team. Toronto wasn't close to that, right? And Houston is upgraded across the board almost, right? So, so like, that's, that, to me, that feels like, like, they don't, I don't know whose vision this is like, but it doesn't feel. Oh, strong. it is bizarre. Yeah, I I, I, I hope I'm if... wrong because I don't want Twilight's legacy to be like this. One hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, end of the day, I hope that boy's palms were greased. I hope <laughs> he's got the bag. I hope he pulls up in a Lamborghini. Maybe yeah. him and Tavik can drive a bus together. I don't know. This team sucks. Yeah, I I want him to do well. He's my friend. Like yes, I talk very frequently. But I I still have have so many doubts with this team and with this organization. Okay. The true now, when you say it sucks, my problem is like it how doesn't how suck. in what world it's, have I become the 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 cynical is, jaded my fuck problem. and you're the nice guy? He is my problem. It is mediocre at best. That's yeah. That's what it is, right? Like bro, if every team's mid, then nobody's mid. Yeah, but I this mean, team's gonna go close with Paris. They probably yeah. lose to the mayhem. Yeah, <laughs> this team is needs to make some moves now before you end the season nearly winless. I, I'm I'm very oh. surprised if they finish top half in an A. Let's say that. Yes, yeah. that's the thing. Their ceiling is like the bottom. Oh. Yeah, like like the middle, basically. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody has to shit the bed like nobody's ever seen before. Like there somebody's hands have to be lopped off. Uh keyboards have to be like inexplicably lost in some sort of crazy move to a land center. Like this, this I'm sorry. I I hate shitting on teams. <laughs> but with everything that these two fine young gentlemen have said, which is true, you look at the DPS in a game that's supposed to be more DPS centric. You look at the supports in a game that's at least currently not necessarily DPS or not necessarily support centric. And these tanks are mid at the heroes that they play in a very shallow capacity. I, I don't get okay. it. Yeah, Chorong's sick. Twilight's very good, but these two players can't be the souls of the team. Yeah. Okay, your, your main support should never in any scenario oh. be your second best player. Oh. Let me let me suggest some mild augmentations and you guys then tell me how you think uh -huh. about this. Okay? Sure. So they're not going all though. Instead, they're getting Yaki. Okay? And then sure. instead of mm, Finale or Hisu or whatever, right? They are getting Proper mm, Pelican. No, it doesn't have to be that high. I, I think yeah, sure. even someone like 
Venom, someone mm. like a tracer player. Yeah, well, maybe even striker. No, uh, I think Yaki enough for me is to, like enough to go. Okay, now you've got some more leg room. Now you've got at least somebody who's gonna like follow up on like a twilight play this kid just makes plays bro who's gonna follow up his plays who's yeah. gonna tp into the back line and int with him you know like come yaki on yaki will give me i don't know like uh, it tanks are tough because like we don't even know what tank looks like but somebody like a little bit with like with some meat on their bones that like can kind of play the field not hot bug god please anything but like who's like a good flex tank that we could just like maybe throw on Ryan? Sign Yaki Kyoku and just make a make a Fine, I'm cool with that. Fuck it. Run with that. I'd be much more I'd be much more, you know, charitable to that and say, Oh, well, Kyoku's never got a chance and he's been so good for so long. Maybe maybe he can play Ryan, you know? I've seen Hoppa throw bombs since twenty eighteen. And even before that, I wasn't all that impressed, folks. Muse can play Winston. His ball's all right, I guess. Like if we're talking about Dallas, like shifting gears and how that could be a problem, God, what is the, what the fuck does Toronto look like? Yeah. And then you've got, I mean, okay, Jessica, maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, who's unable to like, what's whose visa is like out oh, in limbo no. until the summer? Oh, cool. Now we're one DPS down and we have no flexibility. Awesome. Uh, if there was ever a season, <laughs> I saw for KDG I to pull out of like a strat out of his ass. It'd be now. Yes. What were you saying? <laughs> I saw. I think I saw a highlight clip of Finale's. Maybe was it Finale's? Finale's Echo, maybe. Okay. <laughs> it, it wasn't a highlight clip. It was a low light clip, basically. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't really have faith in this team. Oh, and it's so sad. Again, I. I don't want to be. I. I hated shitting on Boston for the longest time. I hated shitting on the mayhem. Obviously, nobody wants to remember the fucking Owen Forty Two Shanghai Dragons. And I don't think Toronto's going to be that bad, but it's just going to be like, cool, let's go to the fucking bread bowl again. Let's bake out the memes because we're not going to be celebrating the gameplay when these guys play. Let's be honest. The thing is, like, I think what is realistic is that they're probably going to be- win the Canadian duel. I think that's... <laughs> Do you... What? Yeah, I think so. You think so? Yeah, I think so. I think, like... Did we talk about Titans yet? No, we didn't, right? No. I I have pretty big question marks about Faults as a single tank, dude. Like, that was... Oof, that was a boneheaded okay. idea. Um, All right. But, I have literally no idea how that team will... Um, okay. That, that team has somehow upgraded in every role, and I don't know if they'll do better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then... I, oh, but, man. like, back to Toronto. I think yeah. there's probably no way that a... At least, like, there's some quality on the team. They're probably not going to be last. I think that's no. very, very unlikely to be the case. I um, think they'll be top of the bottom or bottom of the middle. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think they're basically... They are likely to be floating above the Titans, the Spitfires. So Probably so competing with, something? like, Uprising, yeah. right? That's the thing about this team, though. They have sp- spent major bag... They've upgraded, well, they have, like, brought in, yeah, they've, I'd say they've upgraded in a lot of these roles. Yet, like, look at where they're placing, and look at where they placed last year. They were, bo- they were bottom of the middle last year. They're probably going to be bottled, bottom of the middle this year. Does, like, I don't necessarily know if that's, like, Overwatch, just, like, players getting better, like, teams getting better. I think it's more like they don't know 
either they just have no ability to land the people they want, which could be true, in fact, might be true, or they just don't have any direction and don't know like what they should be doing. And I think that's also true. So, <laughs> so I'll just say both. Yeah, I think it's both. And I think that, like, I don't know, something has to change. And like, I have, mm-hmm. I, I think KDG is a good coach. And I think that like, dude, something around this org, I don't know. It is bizarre. You look at the vision. I don't know if somebody's not plugged into the the to Korea. I don't know if this is overstepping. It's so I, weird I too, right? Like every other franchise they have or esports team they have is really successful in these these other esports. Like Mad sure. Lines is very good, right? Uh, across the board. Not right? anymore. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> um. Which other teams do they? I think uh, the the Their CDL Ultra, team was good. was good, right? Like, yeah. and it, for some reason, there's some issue with the define that they can't get it over the uh, the line, right? It's, yeah. it's this, unfortunate. I won't lie. Like, even and this isn't like. Let's be honest. The world still isn't completely open yet. So, like, even if, like, we're going to go, like, contract route and say, oh, well, teams have more power than ever. Maybe they can make some, like, agile midseason moves. You still have to fight for visas. You have to bring the players over. Are are the Toronto Defiant going to do another Discord situation and sign Aspire again? (laughs) Like, fuck me, bro. Like, you can't even do that. Like, I, as much as, like, people are going to shit on me for this take, I feel like more teams probably could have gone, like, the North American route, been agile, and genuinely probably still placed about the same. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I genuinely think that as as good as South Korean talent is, logistically, like, structurally, it's not easy to do. It's just hard to get it right. Can, I, I don't know. Can, can I, and we, we have to be mindful of the time here and of Harsh's time yes. as well, but... Like, let me let me finish on a good note because I think we have. Uh, if you're a Toronto <laughs> fan, the 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 last half an hour was uh, painful for to you. Supported by the team. <laughs> but, I don't know. Let Let me also say this is a team that puts a lot of resources and takes this very seriously, in terms oh, yeah. of like the application of the resources. And this is something that should be commended for because they very obviously want to be successful. And that is something yeah. that it can't be generally said about every franchise. Some are phoning it True. in. And like that—that that is not the Toronto defined, and I love that about them, right? That um, makes it more painful, though, because yes, they want—they they clearly have ambition. Like they want to be good. Like you don't sign Twilight without having ambition, right? 100%. Yes. Oh, so just put something better out, please. Yeah, that, that's all. And, and like I, I agree, they—they they take care of their players. They don't want to uh, screw them over or anything like that. It's just like you should be able to do better if these are the resources you're able to provide the team. with. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's also important to sort of like put that frame on it because we're not shitting on the team just out of pure hatred. No. We're just very not frustrated with three, possibly four seasons of mediocrity when you want to be more, right? Yeah. And like, it's it's unfortunate. We were just as critical of a, an organization like Dallas. And it feels like you still haven't... like gotten rid of those ghosts or this these thought patterns on how to th- fix this roster and for instance like Hastro had to learn that he had to uh, let go of some some whatever nostalgic uh, emotions because before his this organization could be successful mm. I would argue Houston is very much the same uh, case right 
Like, the ghosts have to be banished from the, the mana in order for you to finally start winning. And I feel like you had a bunch of, like, new starts, but still the same patterns apply every season. You're bringing in these pretty established talents that were ne arguably never the best or haven't for a long time. You're paying a lot in order to get that quality because we understand that like players are skeptical towards your ability to assemble a roster, so they want to pay be paid based on that skepticism to at least, you know, go into retirement with a hefty paycheck. But there has to be fresh ideas and a fresh take, and I'd much rather almost love to see you, like, run with an underdog uh, scenario mm -hmm. for a season and mm -hmm. take a bunch of, like, just, like, start from scratch, then, like, have the... The, this situation like come up again and again and yes you've tried a bunch you've had the the western push and whatnot and you bring so many fans to the league as well like it's it's really like this this franchise this location um mm -hmm. the willingness of the ownership group to spend on on uh success has so much potential and i we, it's just frustrating to not see it actually what like what you're describing is a culture shift like they need they need something to something big to change in their in their organization and it's just not happening it's just more of the same every year right now so yeah. that's that's the issue i think yeah i think it probably starts with the head coach you probably like you you can't take the head coach like of the second best team that couldn't win a trophy i think what like sure. i'd much if i was toronto to find i would have much rather tried no hill than kdg another season for instance some some stuff like that. Just throw something at the wall. Like someone that clearly overachieved was maybe a little wacky, but at least something different, you know? Mm -hmm. um, right. Okay. Then let's uh, sort of like do some housekeeping because, as I said, this is not it was not run as smoothly, smoothly as I would have liked to do, uh, to have it, uh, because we kind of forgot the Patriots show. <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> um, right now what we also forgot was to say that this is of course episode 223 and it was brought to us by <laughs> Battlecrab, Refined Bean, Bronzebud, Buhau, Chari, Commissioner Picasso, Chris Art 324 Kasha67, Lolshin, Porkchop Sammy, Rex Zane, Volumen Smooth Nuts, and Your Misery, right? Now, as we hopefully get uh, Papa Avril back in order to, you know, make it a little bit more smooth, give a little bit more earlier appreciation to our uh, viewers, I still want to thank Harsha for coming on, thinking about Overwatch uh, once again. Um, and, I mean, the best of luck in, in whatever, like, professional endeavor uh, you have going forward, and hopefully some content to come. I, I, are you planning anything in, in terms of the off-season content now? I think maybe when the season starts and like, okay, if they give me access to the game, I'll definitely talk about my initial impressions. Dude, they might not give me access to the game. I don't know if they like it that much. Uh, we'll see. Otherwise, I might do a podcast uh, if the game is like enthralling, uh, just like a weekly recap or something like that. Um, but yeah, otherwise, otherwise, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to be making like YouTube content. I don't think I'm going to have like that kind of time, but I will definitely watch as like a hobby. So that's why I want to kind of talk about it as well. Um, you're gonna have to play this episode backwards to hear my thoughts, though, because uh, it's is gonna be uh, <laughs> switching it around for, for the. <laughs> no, the no, 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 we're not, we're not, we're, we're just keeping it. 
Joe, anything anything you want to call woeful this season, this this week? Or are you good? Uh, your brain, um, <laughs> uh, your ability <laughs> to host. Fair. Um, fair. Uh, I, I yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's a pleasure. Obviously, Harsha, thank you for coming on, and uh, yeah, uh, excited to get into the season. You guys are the only podcast I'll wake up at six a.m. to. Oh well, we appreciate you. We appreciate that. I mean, it's also the only podcast that has Europeans that you <laughs> can have to coordinate times to. And if Placek knocked, you could have stayed in bed until 3 p.m., right? Like, anyway. They're nice. Like, I don't know what they're doing, so. <laughs> All right. Thanks a ton. This was episode 223 of the Tactical Crouch podcast.